following is a recording of a sermon given at All Saints Lutheran Church in Ottawa, Canada. For additional messages and more information, visit allsaintslutheran.ca. So uh, I'm starting a new series this morning. I'd like to to pray again before I I continue. Father, we we thank you again for your word. We thank you that... uh, for your stability, for your truth. Uh, We change, but you do not change. But also the times we're in are not like uh, past times. Yes, there's similarities, but there's a lot of differences. But your word is constant. And would you show us how to bring our lives in line with your truth at this time, that you would fulfill your good desires in and through us, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, from what I understand, our society that we're in is, and that includes the church, is in what I would call a truth crisis. And it's been in a truth crisis for a long time. I'm going to give what I hope is an accurate but very brief overview of how human beings relationship to truth has has changed and i just realized oh no we're good like this i'm going to continue um so going back to medieval times the uh, up until about the 1500s for centuries the western world europe basically understood the world in which people lived based on tradition. Meaning, we saw life in the way that previous generations did. And the responsibility of a current generation was to pass down ways of living, ways of thinking to their children and their children to their children. And for the most part, that way of doing things was not questioned. It's just the way it was done. And in many parts of the world, that's that's the way it still is. Now, at that, at that time, all around the world, as it is today, those ways of thinking were different from place to place. Though, from what I understand, um, many parts of the world, like larger areas of the world, would share the same way of understanding life. And that's something that's really changed in more modern times as there's been far more movement of peoples uh, in the world. And so we have this, what we call now a pluralistic society, where on your street, from house to house to house, or in your apartment block, from unit to unit to unit, you'll have all sorts of different ways of seeing the world. It wasn't like that many years ago, even not that long ago. My, my, my growing up years, I know some of you might, well, okay, the kids think <laughs> that that's a long time ago, but it's not. And uh, I grew up where it seemed most people all believe the same things, and that's really changed. Um, and just, be, just because people pass on from generation to generation the same way of looking at the world, that doesn't necessarily make it wrong. Um, it's this is something that I've I've taught the kids at at Saint at Saint Timothy's, that if you have 
Um, if my parents gave me a map, whether they understood how maps work or I really understood how maps were and how they're created and all the rest, if the map is accurate and it, it gives me the way to get from one place to another, then there's nothing wrong with passing down that map until, of course, things change. Now, when it comes to understanding the world, a good tradition can be helpful. But that, way, that whole approach by such an honoring of tradition and an assumption that we just do what past generations always did, when we get into the, around the time of the 1500s, the 1600s, that all got greatly questioned. And so that's the movement from medieval times to what was called modern times. The word modern is often used to mean contemporary, meaning right now. But there's also, when we talk about history, there's the modern period that starts around after the medieval times, around the Reformation, the Enlightenment, and you may understand some of those, those terms. And during that period, the 1500s, 1600s, and moving on, things really changed from simply accepting what was passed on from past generations to questioning everything, along with the belief that human beings had the ability to analyze the world around us and come to conclusions as to what truth really was. And that's the emergence of the scientific method. And I know when we think of science, we think of laboratories and test tubes and experiments, but actually science is an approach to how to understand the world that includes some of those things, but there's more to it. And a lot of it has to do with human beings having the ability to analyze the world around us and come to conclusions as to the way the world and life really works. And that's been going on for many hundreds of years. And the remnants of that are still among us, that, that, that we have this ability. We ourselves, human beings, have the ability to figure things out. And that really affected the church's way of doing Bible. There emerged what, through this thing called the scientific method, an approach to understanding scripture that began to poke it apart and, and try to, to, to get behind what was really there, trying to see where different parts of the Bible actually came from. And in, in some ways, they tore the Bible to shreds in, in an attempt to analyze it. And... Uh, some things really can't be analyzed that way. And, and as the, the modern era continued, we saw where a humanly focused process to try to understand life got us. And it got us to communism. It got us to fascism in the, in the 20th century. The 20th century which was the most highly scientific, highly technological uh, period of human history, up, up to then, of course, um, saw more deaths than, than ever before. That was the result. And, and in my understanding, the reason for that is because human beings became the focus through which to understand life. Now, that's continued, even though the modern era uh, the people have left the modern era behind, and you may have heard of this term, postmodern. 
in postmodern understanding, there is a rejection that truth can be ascertained at all. So originally we had, we just accept truth from our, the generations before. What was good for them is good for us. That all got questioned. And we thought we can analyze the world and come to our own conclusions based upon our analysis. But that got us, that got us in, into big trouble and then became the doubt as to whether or not we had the ability at all to ascertain truth. So in postmodern thought, which is now the prevalent philosophy in the Western world, and whether people understand the technical philosophy, it's what's been bought by the majority of people. And this is where we get things like, well, you can't really understand truth the way it is, because all we really have is our own perception of life. So what's true for me might be different for you, and you have your truth, I have my truth, because there's no actual truth. And so what's happened because of this understanding that there's actually no uh, uh, um, outside authority to go to, meaning God, now we just create our own. And what's happened is, you know, might makes right. And all we now have is the assertion of power, and we have the the control of the mob. And we, we see that more and more, especially in our social media world, that people will, will crowd around people, even on these social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And if somebody says something that the majority of people don't like, they'll just smash them and bash them verbally um, uh, to, to try to silence them. There's no longer, a, a, for the most part, an appeal to some objective truth that we could rely on that then we can kind of come around and have a, a reasonable discussion. That's happening less and less and less. And we might think uh, like within our church setting, oh, that's not us. That's not the way we operate. But one of the things that I've been seeing uh, is that often with with many well-meaning believers, we tend to lag behind some of the changes in culture. And so changes happen. It might happen in in, in dress, in, in, in entertainment that we uh, participate in, and even in some of these ways of thinking. And what happens is we re often resist it, but slowly we kind of get to maybe where the latest thinking was some years ago. And I think the gap between um, where the world's at and where uh, the, the church is at, um, you know, it used to be a, a longer transition for the church to catch up with some of these ways of thinking. It seems to me that's happening a lot faster. And so more and more you see people who confess, they believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that he's Lord, that God is true. And yet how the Bible is being relate, related to more and more is people are kind of moving on. There's this, there's a, a movement that's becoming very, very popular called progressive Christianity. You could look it up if that's new to you. And um, unlike former um, versions of Christian liberalism that re totally rejected the truth of the Bible, uh, in progressive Christianity, we have uh, an embrace of the Bible, but 
and so you get this part is good and true this part's not good and true and we need to move on from this well this maybe we can learn from that and then well maybe other religions have something to teach us so we can incorporate some of that anyway you can look some of that up i don't i don't want to take time uh further time on that um but we are being affected by these ways of thinking and uh so what I, what I want to do over the next few weeks is I want to, to give us an opportunity to what I'm calling recalibrate or or recalibrate, where um, we need to see how we're no longer in line with God's truth through his word and see how that should be corrected in our lives. Now, actually, that's something we should be doing every day as we open up his word. And I encourage us all to be in God's word daily, to be in prayer daily, because when we're not, we kind of think we're rightly aligned with our Father in heaven and what he teaches. But very, very quickly, we begin to lose focus. We get out of alignment and we need to recalibrate. I'll explain that a little more in a moment. But one of the things that we need to establish in this postmodern age and what's become a post-truth age is that truth really does exist. Um, and I've mentioned this before, but it's, it's important to remember the word for truth in the scripture is, is the same concept of reality. That's what uh, truth is really all about. Truth has to do with the way things really are. Now, in postmodern thinking, which remember, even if people don't think they're postmodern, they've been affected by this approach to life, uh, there's an idea that all we have is our perception. I see things the way I see things. You see things the way you see things. I can't ever see things exactly the way you do. I can't get into your head and look through your eyes and vice versa, of course. And then there's the world that's out there, but we're only seeing it through our uh, our senses and our interpretation of our senses. So if if that's the case, if there's a world out there and we're simply observing that world out there, how could we know that we're properly understanding that world out there? And the world out there, that's reality. So can we ever be in touch with reality, which is, is truth? Truth is reality. Well, thankfully, we're told in God's word that God himself created this world. Really, he created it. He designed it. And he's given us a way through his word to properly understand that world in which we live. You know, God believes in himself, um, believes isn't probably the right term, uh, God has established standards. God has established the way things should be because those are the way things are. So for example, God's directives with regard to sexuality aren't just his personal preferences as to, oh, he, he likes it this way and that's just the way it should be. You know, something like, you know, my house, my rules or in, in sports, my ball, my rules. You just have to do what I say. I'm in charge. I'm in control. Therefore, you have to listen to what I say. And a lot of people, that's how they think God is. Even well-minded believers uh, 
So, you know, there's no real, there's no way to really know what truth is, no real way to understand reality, but I, you know, God is God, so I'm going to do what he, I'm going to do what he says. Well, that's not really uh, how it is. God, God, the designer of the universe has revealed to us the way to live in the world the way he designed it. So when he tells us this is good for us and this is bad for us, this is the designer speaking, telling us how to properly interact with the world in which we live. And so it's not as if we have our own truth, but God has his truth and I love God, so I'm going to go by his truth rather than anybody else's truth. While there is some truth in that, I pref- when, when I have trouble with what God is clearly saying, I'm going to go with what God says. But that's because God is the expert of all experts. He's the designer. He's He understands everything the way it works. So I would be foolish not to go along with wh- how the designer is telling me how to live. We see that God, uh, God cares about the way things are through things like um, standard weights and measures. That doesn't make sense yet. Maybe it will in a second. So when God revealed his truth, his reality to the people of Israel, one of the things that he instructed them in was they were to have um, uh, standard weights and measures. I'll, I'll read that. Deuteronomy 25, 13 to 16. You shall not have in your bag two kinds of weights, a large and a small. You shall not have in your house two kinds of measures, a large and a small. A full and fair weight you shall have, a full and fair measure you shall have, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. For all who do such things, all who act dishonestly, are an abomination to the Lord your God. Now, while there is, um, this comes out of a heart for fairness and justice in a society, like don't trick people, um, there is this understanding that Things are the way they are, and and that is reflected in how we are to do business. So in this case, when you're selling things by a quantity, when you're selling things by weight, what you say is a certain amount of pounds or kilograms or a certain amount of, of you know, a, a dozen, a, a dozen not a good one, but you're you're promising to sell a quantity and, and uh, an amount, I should that's a better way I should put it, then what you say should match what is. And um, what uh, the store down the street says is uh, a meter or a yard should be the same as the, the, the store down the street. It should be the same because there's a certain way that things are and we need to be true to the way things are. This is important to God. This is the way he's made the world. So we need to um, live according to the way things are and not according to the way we just want them to be. Hope that makes sense. Proverbs 11, verse 1, and there's many other verses. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Standard measure, standard weight is important to God. And so when we find ourselves, or actually we need to be aware that we easily... uh, lose a sense of what is right and wrong. And so we see this in the real world. Um, and it, this used to be more prevalent because of how certain measurements are. And I know that this still exists on the CBC. Some of you are familiar with the long dash ever ten, after 10 seconds of silence indicate 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And our watches used to 
um, I don't have one on, um, our, our watches used to um, go off, you know, lose time or gain time daily. I remember I had a had a watch. Every day it would be five minutes off. And so every day, if I wanted to make sure that I was keeping right time, I would have to adjust it. And one of the ways we would adjust our watches and our clocks is we would listen to the CBC at that time because that was one of the only ways we were able to access an accurate clock. I once heard a story, I hope I get this right, um, of um, there was a, a person working at the, uh, at the telephone company and every day around a certain time they would get a phone call from somebody and asking what the time was so that they could adjust their clock and so they would do that and it turned out that the phone call was coming from this factory across the street and they wanted to make sure that they were notifying their employees of when quitting time was they'd use like some factories did maybe they still do there'd be a whistle at the at five o'clock saying you know the work day is over and so they would a person from the factory would call the this telephone company across the street, because maybe they thought it's the telephone company, they must keep accurate time. And so they would provide the time. And so it was finally found out that the person they were calling at the telephone company, how were they adjusting their time? Well, they would adjust their time based on when the whistle would go off at five o'clock across the street. And so it was happening, and this is what happens in life, that these, that these two entities were calibrating themselves based on the other person. And that's not how to stay accurate. In order to have accurate time, we need to find a time source that's providing that accuracy and aligning with that accurate source. And sadly, what the factory and the telephone company was doing is very similar to what a lot of us do with how we live our lives. We're watching other people and we're seeing what they're doing and aligning ourselves with them you know oh, they know what they're doing they must know what they're doing so i'm going to follow them and we're not taking our own responsibility to align ourselves and realign ourselves recalibrate ourselves with god on a daily basis and it's important to know we can do this so while we have this problem of perception we see things a particular way we can easily get off kilter um uh because god is true and he's provided us with his word and we live in a world that is real and it works in a particular way we can access that with god's help but in order to do that in order to live a life that's properly connected to truth which is god's truth we first have to be in right relationship with him and praise his name he's given us that opportunity by sending his son as was read earlier, he gave his son to the world that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And I, I've explained uh, uh, previously how eternal life is not simply getting a, uh, a, an eternal insurance policy, which is included. It's more than that. It's a quality of life. It's a, God, a God-filled life that we could have. We could... We could be freed from the control of all the other influences in the world and we can receive the power of God to lead us and guide us in living effective godly lives. And that's first and foremost. We, we cannot correct the other things if we don't have a, a strong foundation in a right relationship with God. Um, 
And so starting with that, then we also have God's word to enable us to, to live life in the way that God wants us to. One of my favorite verse, verses, as you know, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And uh, earlier, uh, Psalm 1 was read, as we're reminded there who the blessed person is, and that's the person who is in regu- regularly is meditating on God's word and is not finding their place among the scoffers and the ungodly, uh, where even though we might think that, oh, we know better than what these people are saying and what they believe, it when we allow ourselves to be soaked, uh, immersed in the company of those who are not properly calibrated with God, we will find ourselves slipping away into falsehood. And it's only by making sure that the information that we're taking in is godly and true that we could stay on a right and good path in life. And so what we're going to do uh, for the next little while I'm calling this my calibration series, is we're going to be looking at the early period of the kings of Israel. We're going to do a little bit of lead up and we're eventually going to get to the prophet Elijah. Because the prophet Elijah was living in a time where the uh, the kingdom of Israel had completely gone out of whack. They completely lost their way and God used him to recalibrate Israel in his day. And we need to be recalibrated in our day. So we're going to start by seeing the kind of environment, the kind of culture, the kind of world that in in which Elijah emerged. And we're going to see that the the kingdom of Israel in that early time of the kings was very much like the world in which we live today. And I believe God gave us his word on purpose like this. There's so much of scripture where the context is so much what we experience in our lives. That it's an ancient time, but the challenges are very, very similar. And we live in a time that I believe uh, that our culture has really lost its way. And I believe well-meaning believers are being um, severely affected by wrong ways of thinking, and we are losing our way. And it's a time to recalibrate. And I believe that what God did through Elijah is going to help us too. And so that is the little journey that I've been looking to the Lord that we're going to go on on the, on the next few weeks. So let's pray. Our Father, we thank you again that you have given us your resources that we can know truth and we can know goodness and that no matter how confusing and difficult things get we are able to walk closely with you would you help us to do that lord please guide us in this we thank you in jesus name amen Thank you for listening. For additional messages and more information, please visit us on the web at 
allsaintslutheran.ca.